This is episode 85 of the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Judy Stevens, producer. Today we bring you another behind-the-scenes peek into the woman of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., including the showrunner Marissa Tancheron and writers Lauren LaFranc and Monica Breen. Plus, we talk to the visual effects producer, Sabrina Arnold. First, we chat the writer's room with Marissa, Lauren, and Monica. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, and I have three lovely ladies from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. writer's room. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, I am Marissa Tancheron, executive producer. Monica Wusubreen, co-executive producer. Uh, Lauren LaFranc, supervising producer. So those are all very shiny titles. Yes. Uh, but before we get sort of into what you guys actually do on the show, why don't you talk about, you know, did you always want to be a writer? How did you get into t- film and TV? Who wants to go first? <laughs> you do. You yeah, you do. Um, I uh, was born and raised in Los Angeles and sort of grew up doing show-busy things as a child, more performance-based things. But I, it was in college where I started writing plays, and I think that's where I discovered my love for writing. Um, but I was introduced to television. Um, my first job was as a PA at Stephen Boschko Productions, and that is a man who turns out tons of material for television. So I was sort of exposed to all aspects of production and all of that. And um, David Milch was someone who was like, let me read your play, kid. I was like, okay. And then he sort of mentored me through my first you know, steps into becoming a writer, like actually trying to pursue it. Um, then I wrote a few specs, and my first job was um, on, a sh- on a show called Oliver Bean on Fox as a staff writer. And my whole sort of exposure to TV as an assistant was on dramas, so stepping into a comedy room was a very scary thing um, that I was not well-equipped for, but I thankfully I had the awareness to know that. Um, <laughs> so I left that job very soon after I was hired, um, but it, it turned into me um, having a couple of uh, sort of development things at Fox, like an Asian-American sitcom, which back then was a very novel thing, and, and now I guess you know people are more accepting yes. of that idea. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think of how I teamed up with Jed. Oh, it was during that time when I was writing different pilots for uh, Fox that I, um, I sort of, I, I get sick very often, and I think people know that I have lupus. Anyways, this is a very long-winded story. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking up all the time on this podcast. Sorry, we have 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Um, and Jed and I were dating at the time. I said, hey, you come from a family of writers. Maybe he was a musician at the time, so no interest in writing. His writing was in his lyrics, I guess. His abilities showed in his his gorgeous lyrics. And uh, 
I said, would you mind helping me? You're bouncing some jokes, and that worked out. They, he actually was very great in being a sort of soundboard as well as pitching ideas. And then we decided, let's write something together, and we wrote this feature spec. And then from there, it went out wide, and uh, we're getting all this action, and the writer strike happened. And uh, then <laughs> we were like, okay, well, I guess that's done. But then Joss said, let's write an Internet musical. And that's where Dr. Horrible came. And then shortly after that, we heard that they were looking for a diversity hire on Dollhouse. So they said, Marissa, you'd be great for that. And I said, well, I, I think I now have a writing partner. <laughs> so Jed and I were hired as uh, the diversity hire <laughs> on Dollhouse. And then from there, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the rest of history. That's a very long story. I'm that's so a, sorry. A, sorry. I hope you edit a bunch of it no, out. No, that wasn't long at all. Okay. It wasn't. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Um, I watched a ton of television as a child. I moved to the States when I was six from Spain, and so I only spoke Spanish, and I credit the Brady Bunch and uh, Looney Tunes with teaching me English. <laughs> and I always wanted to be a writer, but I was really scared, too, so I went to graduate school. I almost got a Ph.D., and a friend of mine said, hey, you want to blow off the Ph.D. and start writing scripts? And and so we just started playing around with it. I had a baby, so I was home a lot. And then I was super lucky. I was super, super lucky. We sent out 200 query letters to agents, and someone answered back. And then within a year, we had a job on Charmed. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and so it just it kind of felt like, like a Cinderella slipper that was meant to be, that I'd put it off as long as I could. And then I became a writer, and... I've been doing that since then, which was the year 2000. The year 2000. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I worked on... Many, many shows. Charmed shows. and Alias. And um, my writing partner and I at the time ran Brothers and Sisters. And then we went to Fringe. And then we split up our writing partnership just because we had to split a salary and we were having more kids. And then I joined this lovely show, and I've been here for two and a half years. Yeah, both Lauren and Monica have been here since the beginning. Season yeah. one. Season yes. one. Feels like so long ago. <laughs> Your babies back yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've always uh, loved writing. I also watched a ton of television, like an ungodly amount. We just, my family and I would watch The Simpsons every night instead of talk to each other <laughs> uh, during dinner and just eat in front of the TV, which is really unhealthy, but um, really loved television as a result <laughs> and always found it a, a form of escapism. And then, I, I mean, I wrote all through high school and into college and uh, did sketch comedy in college and um, wrote and performed that, which was fun and kind of gave me a taste for like, maybe I could do this. But then I did the very responsible thing after college and went to try to like work in like some corporate job and worked in advertising in San Francisco for a while, which was really fun, lovely people. Um, but I found that all I wanted to do was write and, and I wasn't able to do copywriting or anything. It's just not how it's structured. And I did like brand strategy. So I would ask to write, um, PowerPoint presentations, which you know you really want to write, and you're like, geez, can I write them now? Uh, and I was like, I've got to stop this, and my writing partner, Rafe, at the time was in L.A., and he's like, you should come out to L.A. and do this, and I was avoiding L.A. at all costs, because I had a really bad attitude about it, because I grew up in Orange County, and I just thought it was So insane. far from L.A. So far. <laughs> so far. I just, like, really didn't love 
Orange County. Uh, but then I moved out here and worked at CA, which is a big talent agency, and was an assistant in the TV lit department. And I got to read a bunch of scripts, and I met agents and saw the inner workings of what <laughs> happens for real behind the scenes on the business side of things. Um, and that was a really great experience. And then uh, got into a couple writing programs, the NBC Writers on the Verge program and the CBS program. And they helped us tremendously and met a really awesome executive named Lauren Stein, who like took to us and was like, I'm totally going to get you guys your first job. So within a year of being an assistant... We got our first job on My Own Worst Enemy, which was the spy show with Christian Slater, uh, and started working from that point on. So we were very, also very, very lucky. And I think it takes like one person to believe in you who has connections, because you can be very talented and be working really hard. And sometimes it's just hard. So you need that at least one person to like really give you a good shot. And then from there, people are more into helping you. (laughs) Once someone else has been like, yeah, yeah, for you, suddenly. Uh, things things uh, get brighter, but yeah. So I've been working ever since, and worked on Chuck before this, and uh, Hemlock Grove, and then came here. So yeah, it's yeah, been a thing of beauty, definitely. I, I think the one thing that we all, we have this panel that we do at cons that is called Breaking Into Comics: The Marvel mm-hmm. Way, and one of the lessons that every time, no matter who's on the panel, is that the way that you get into Marvel or get into whatever you're job spectrum you want to be is that it's uniquely different to each person Mm -hmm. each person does it a different way sometimes it's a fast route sometimes it's years upon years of working really hard um and uh uh, and I, I think that that's even your stories are all uniquely different (laughs) right Right. completely but it's definitely based on relationships you do meet the one person who has a good reputation and that believes in you and then they introduce you to such and such or they you know, they're your advocate, and that's that's sort of. And then the you way. start meeting other writers, and right? Yeah. With other writers, and getting recommendations right. from mm-hmm. there, and recommending other people, and you know, because once you find good people to work with, you really want to keep working with. Yes, them. completely. <laughs> you hold on to them and like life rafts. I think that's been the incredible thing about assembling this staff on this show is that from day one we've had. We've, we've had a few additions for the second season, but basically the core group is here. And so it was one of those things like, we've assemb- this, this is a great assembly of people. We do not want to mess with this at all. Please don't ever, ever leave. <laughs> it's, it's such a good group. It's, it's such really a good group. group. It's yeah. just, it's, they assembled a writing staff that, because sometimes you spend so much time together. No, you yeah. spend upwards of 40 hours a week in the same room staring at the same group of People More time than with your family. Easily. Yeah, yeah, double mm-hmm. or triple, maybe. Yeah. Some weeks. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> and rooms on different shows are, are, can be very, very different. And I think we have a nice balance of we like being with each other socially. And then we also respect each other's talents and, and really depend on each person um, for what they can do. And, and we just, we just I don't know, if it... I know Jed and I and Jeff and Jeff Loeb, we all sleep fairly well at night. And this is a very giant show, and it's insanely stressful. But we are able to get sleep because we know that we have such a great staff of people that are working with us. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for my sort of spectrum, like within the comics, there's one writer, usually sometimes I'll have a co-writer, and they sit in their room, and they never leave their room, but your experience is so uniquely different. Like, 
you know, you guys are how many writers are in a room and you're all like throwing ideas. Why don't you talk a little bit about what, what exactly happens in a writer's room? Uh, well, every writer's room is different depending on the show you're on. Right. We split rooms a lot. Like uh-huh. there'll be like two or three people in a room um, with two episodes going at the same time, and obviously interacting with each other between those two rooms a lot because we're serialized and we want to make sure we're doing right. the right thing and keeping Keep character us. serializations going and and plot obviously as well. But every room's different, you know. Right. So we have two very different rooms. There's the fun room and the corporate <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah. There's yeah. one with core. Yes. Like, one yeah. reminds me of my freshman dorm, and the There's other doesn't. Yeah. So you have <laughs> tapestry. Yeah. Yes, I like the tapestry. Yeah. It makes me happy. Weird posters. And weird neon posters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Craig brought in his black light posters yes, from his childhood go. home, so that just adds a little special something yeah. to those story yeah. breaks. It is more fun to be in that room. Yeah. It is. And then there's like corporate room, which like a big conference table, like more traditional official. Right. And a nice of view of the Hollywood sign up front. Yeah, that, very that, pretty room that. to be in too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. We spend a lot of time in these rooms. We spend a lot of, <laughs> lot of times. And it's 22 episodes. I mean, that's, yeah, that's and a it's, lot of story and a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. a, you know, and just in terms of the process, we generally go into an episode knowing something of what needs to happen. Because we, we do at the beginning of each season, and even at the, so at the end of season two, we are doing blue sky thoughts and 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 goals for season three. So we do come in to the season not like just with a total blank slate. We have uh, ten poles of where we want to go, and it's just a matter of filling in the in-between, which takes a lot of work. I mean, even per episode, um, we go into each episode kind of having a vague notion of it, knowing, like, what the act breaks might be, but it's the filling in the details, the plot, all that, that, that... I mean, I can admit it. That's definitely not my strong suit. I like. <laughs> well, it's super, super collaborative. Yeah, super, super collaborative. collaborative. Yeah. yeah, that's where TV writing is very different than feature writing. You're not alone in your room. You eventually go into a, a little space where you're like, I'm alone with this story. If you are writing that episode, but prior to that, it's everybody's throwing out their ideas for and everyone's arcs yeah, and, stuff. and everyone's ideas are in each episode, right. despite who the, the writer is. So there will be something that everyone has pitched that mm-hmm. lands in each episode, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, it's a great process. It's great, yeah. yeah. And it's a great room, too, because a lot of times, you know, in other rooms, like, people will f- fundamentally disagree and go to the mat. Usually when... W- when we're all like, yeah, no, that rocks. We know <laughs> yeah. it's a good idea. And, like, there's just no, there's no, like, one-upping. It's just right. whatever's great for the story is great. And so it's it can be a lot of fun. It's yeah. so different from how I imagine being a writer, like a professional writer in college. I, I had this very sort of, I romanticized the idea of being, you know, writing at midnight and <laughs> smoking cigarettes alone in my apartment oh, yeah. and no, never talking think... to anybody and staying in my bathrobe all day long and well, that's sad and script, alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, still true. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. now, you know, Not... it's, it's about being with a group of people and talking all day long yeah. to other Completely. humans. Yeah. But then, yeah, when you do break off and write your portion of the script for whatever or your script, um, in my case, my portion with Jed, um, you do kind of go back to the, to I'm in a robe and not showering for right. five days. Right, you're alone with your thoughts. Yeah. And when you interact with people, you're like, oh, hi. hi. I haven't talked to anyone today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you? No, I'm fine. I'm not thinking about weird stuff in my head. No, you yeah. feel like you're living another life in your head during those times. But 
you know. It's a fun life. Yeah. It's a life with superpowers. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yep. And then you go to set uh, for your episode after you write it and... Every show, again, is different, but our show, we all the writers yeah. go to no. set, and so you are following through on the vision that everyone started with in a room that then you wrote, that then you are trying to produce, and and, and you give notes to the director and, and to actors and stuff, and everyone usually makes it a lot better than what anything right. that you started with, which is always good. <laughs> yeah, exciting. each writer of their episode definitely has their hands in the production process from the production meetings all the way through post. So um, that's something that I think isn't... Not every real, show. No, not every show does no, that. So but. it's really fun to be able to see it through. Mm-hmm. That's That sounds really kind of magical and amazing. I mean, like, I'm not a good writer, and I have to write sometimes, and I'm always <laughs> like, how do, how do I... <laughs> but, like, having the idea of, like, having collaboration, um, I, I think, which is sort of what makes Marvel such mm-hmm. a great place to work for, is that we all work together to help each other do whatever job yeah. or route we need to do. And it's sort of amazing to hear that even in in sort of a different world, which is what you guys out here on the West Coast, right. very meaningfully different than what Marvel started mm-hmm. out as. Now we have how many TV shows? and So many. So many. So many. And now, and I'm like, guys, calm down. <laughs> Just take a breath or something. Yeah. Yeah. When are you sleeping? <laughs> Don't worry. My team, we never sleep. Yeah, I love it. There's always a TV show or a yeah. movie or right. a video yeah, game. Yeah, right. or... It's crazy. It does not stop. And what I also think is very amazing about S.H.I.E.L.D. specifically is that there's almost 50% of the women, like female characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is on your TV show. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It I mean, really it's is It's awesome. not awesome for, like, the world should have more. Yes. Yeah, no. It, yes. <laughs> yeah. But as a writer on a show, it's awesome. And also diverse women. Yes. yes. I know. Yes. That it's not just the kick-ass woman, period, No, singular. we have a handful of yeah. kick-ass yeah. women. No, yeah. most of, like, the people who fight on our show are women, mm-hmm. which is always kind of awesome. Awesome because it's so that. different than a lot of other that. shows I've been on personally and and a little bit different for Marvel too. No, it's interesting. I've been on shows where I've been told <clears throat> to let the woman not end the fight. Start the fight, but then the guy comes in and ends the fight because you don't want to That's de- not the case with deball men. Yeah. The man. Yeah. Yeah. And we never are told to not deball. Because right. <laughs> you know, I mean it's just, it's so singular mm-hmm. in my writing experience to have this many kick-ass, strong, smart women on one show. And, and different, right. Different. And we have, like, a female scientist in Simmons, which is sad. She's unique. No, like, it's just sad that there's not a lot yeah. of representations of that either. So, across yeah. the board, it's pretty exciting to write all these different kinds of women where you don't have to think of them as, like, the one. Right, yeah. there's the one who yeah. fights and is smart, and then there's quirky one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that the women that you write have fallen into the boxes that is typical in Hollywood. They're they're just another character on the show that happens to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's what's really great. About and you. the actresses who play them, they're all you know, exceptional what they do, but they're they're all beautiful. They're all easy on the eyes, yes, we'll admit that. But I don't think we ever we don't ever really make that a point like, oh, here's the sexy part. Right, that's right. not their value just, in the it, show. No, it's just, yeah. it's part of who they are. We don't really have to, like, shine a light on it. It's just there, um, which I also find super gratifying. And, yeah, you know, it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's really refreshing. Yeah. We're really, <laughs> we're really good at what we do as well. Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. we're nailing it. Yeah, we're yeah. nailing it. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and I, I think that like, I'm trying to like interview as many people in the spectrum of shields, mm-hmm. and I think that like each one of the different women that work here help make what you guys start in the writer's room complete to the final product from like Anne Foley to the, the um, special effects designers. Yeah. yeah. So. No, it's, I mean, it's so amazing. Sometimes you just think something in your head and you're like, oh, I hope it can be pulled off. And then when you see it on screen, it's so much better than you right. could have even That's imagined it. Right. A huge female presence and force in Marvel television that I don't think gets enough. She does not get enough recognition. Is Megan Thomas Bradner? Oh, yes, such a. I don't know if you've amazing. done many podcasts with her, but I'm, she, I'm trying to nail her down. She's a hard. She's woman. a little shy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she probably not. But she she should have a podcast dedicated really to her should. for sure. We're not even allowed to celebrate Megan's birthday because she's so shy about it. So I just feel like. Happy birthday, Megan. Yeah, we're just making everything. <laughs> You're going to make her mad. Yeah, like, You're going to make her mad. I, know. I don't care, Megan. Happy birthday. So whenever your birthday is, you'll never tell us. No, she's fantastic. She's amazing. And she's just, I mean, ask her something and she knows the answer. It's yes. Re- about anything. It, Every like, comic that ever Never mind Marvel no, comics. Food. But Ice food. Cream. Yeah, she's food. Yeah. Places to go, like obscure little, like hole in the wall, divey restaurants in some like odd town out in the outskirts yeah. of Los Angeles. She's just, she knows everything about everything. And uh, she's better than all of us. She's better than us. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. I eventually nail her down and I can get her to talk <laughs> because yeah. I think what she will talk about, what she does for Marvel TV is so important. Yes, yes. It's very important. important. Yeah. So I think that I have to end this soonish, but the last question I always like to ask people is, what do you geek out for? What is the thing that you collect or watch or love? Oh, <laughs> is there a sports team? Is oh, there God, a- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Sports not. Jed wishes that uh, I had uh, yeah, no, any interest in sports. Actually, when that. we first started dating, I pretended to like baseball. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, pretended. For maybe a couple months. I was like, yeah, I'll go to that bar and watch that really, really long Dodgers yeah. game with you. But um, that's over now. Don't need to pretend. <laughs> um, Adventure Time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that little cartoon so hard. I guess <laughs> more than a little cartoon. I just, it touches me in a way. I saw one yesterday. I was sobbing. Sobbing with my daughter. I cannot... It it does it's therapeutic for me. So yeah, that will be what I geek out for. And there's more than one time where I've thought like there's been times where I've brought up Adventure Time in the Shield Writers. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I yeah. completely But no, sometimes the emotions. Like Cal's Ice King. Yeah. <laughs> there are just moments where it's just I just and that's Something that's pure pleasure. I don't think about work because I don't write. But cartoons. I feel like there have been times where, like, the emotional context has applied. It completely yeah, totally. has applied. Yeah. It to, gets to this place that's just a very special place for me. I think it, the best thing too about our room is that we're all fans of different things. Yes. Yeah. And like, I love certain shows that I watch religiously. We all do. Like, mm-hmm. we geeked out on Mr. Robot pretty oh, hard. Oh, that's this yeah. Last season, and like, it's good. You know, some people are like, I never watch anything. I never do that but you're working in tv and that's totally fine but for all of us like certain things we get really excited about with like just different ways people are telling stories so i think musicals for me that's where i get a little silly (laughs) um i'll have a current like a musical that i'm obsessed with for a certain amount of 
time, or always, but right now it's Hamilton. I haven't cool. even seen it. It's but, uh, pretty hard tickets to, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we might be going to see it in December, which I'm really excited about, but I, uh, I, listen to the, um, I listen to the music in the car all the time, oh, wow. sing at the top of my lungs. I think that actually brings us full circle because you mentioned plays when we first started talking. Yeah. Uh, for those listening, do you guys have Twitters that they can follow you at? Yes. Yeah, we all do. Remember what my I forgot what my I think it's just my name. Yeah, I think it's just my name. Yeah, maybe. Well, we are on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Yeah, we're there. Clearly not very really bad at it. No, I mine's Mo Tancheron. Um I think yours is your name and yours is your I think so. Well, I will I will research that. Oh, look, oh, look. Oh, uh, yeah, at Lauren LaFranc. Thanks, Jeffrey. He just handed me a, a large phone. This is like the biggest phone I've ever seen. That is a <laughs> statement is on his manhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for those listening, you can always go to our new story, and I will have all of their Twitters. So if you have any questions about Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or maybe writing, you can tweet at them. So thanks for joining us, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. This, was great. this is Marvel, your universe. And finally, we chat bringing to life the special effects of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Sabrina Arnold. Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I am currently on the set where S.H.I.E.L.D. is filmed, and I have someone kind of exciting who works on the TV show with me. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Sabrina Arnold. I am the visual effects producer on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow, that's really exciting. I like to say I just met you, and we're in a freezing cold office in True. this sort of weird building. I've, I've, I would like to say I've never actually been on set, and this is really exciting for me. Oh, so I, you know, we in the the New York City, we we work in a corporate office. We, you know, we have cubicles and we talk to everyone. But what you guys do is so fascinating because your world is always constantly changing. Every week, it's something different. Why don't you t- Why don't you just sort of talk about what what your title means and sort of what you do? here absolutely absolutely um for me i'm i'm a little bit of both i have the administrative um part of the show as well as creative i help guide both there is a visual effects supervisor on the show and he is mainly in control of the creative of our show and make sure that gets done but i have to make sure everything gets done that's my responsibility from um, breaking down the scripts with him to managing the budget to making sure that the show gets into a conform and into the final tape. Um, I handle all of that. I handle um, hiring of our vendors, um, of helping to cast the show as far as our vendors. And what I mean by that is that we look at um, the shots in the show and we say, well, this vendor would be best suited for this type of work. And maybe another vendor would be suited for a different type of work. So it's just like casting an actor in a show. We cast our visual effects vendors for the show as well. And so we go through that as a team. I work with the visual effects supervisor, Mark Kolpak. Um, uh, we partnered on the show since the pilot. Uh, so we're going into season three now. It's been a total blast the whole time. We have a great time on the show. It's a tough show. Um, we do 22 episodes a year, an average about 2,000 shots an, a year. Um, if you think about an average visual effects movie, they do anywhere from 1,200 to 2,000 shots in a show. And that's what we do in a year. They usually get about a year and a half. We get 10 months. 
So it, it lets you know what kind of a pace we lead to. So that kind of gives you an overall of, of what I do and, and what um, my job is like. To get into uh, something more granular, uh, we get a script. I break it down. I go over it with the visual effects supervisor. We talk about the shots. We, um, we uh, do a budget on it. We go to different types of meetings from anywhere from what they call a concept meeting to a production meeting to um, a visual effects meeting. Just, that's just so we learn more about the show and we, we get the ideas and the tone they're going for and what their expectation is from script to screen. Um, and after all those meetings, we start shooting. We're on set. Um, I'm not on set as much as the visual effects supervisor is, but I, I go when needed. Um, I'm his second. Um, so if we need to be in two places at once, I'm usually um, the, the junior coal pack is what they call it, um, mini coal pack. Because um, he's like six feet tall and I'm five two, <laughs> so I'll go on set for him whenever he needs the help. Um, but basically, as a team, I work with uh, a visual effects editor, Ryan Moose, and Brianna Abbey, who is our visual effects coordinator. And together, as a team, we all get the show done. That all sounds very amazing and sort of complicated. Uh, so I know that uh, uh, each episode has eight days to film. So when do you sort of know that you're going to need to put some special effects in there? Is mm -hmm. it something like 24-hour turnaround? You have to turn around and do all this stuff. Do you have a little bit more free time? Okay. Uh, well, when we get the script, we go through the meetings, as I talked about before, and then we start shooting. Once everyone's budget is approved, we go into the shooting process. And you're right, we have eight days to shoot. Um, and then it goes uh, through the editorial process. And at a certain point in the editorial process, I'm called in, and I do another breakdown of the show I look at the show um, as, it, as it is a visual instead of in a script anymore um, and then I look at it again and I, and I go oh this is a shot this is a shot so I start to name the shots if you will um, so you're not just saying, you know, the fourth shot in the show at time, you know, one one minute. It's uh, shot 12 in scene 12. Um, so I, I organize the show. I give it uh, I give it meaning in that in that fact um, and I go through and I budget it. We look at it. I do it for money. I, I, I help cast it again. Um, and then we turn it over to our vendors. Once I turn it over to our vendors, we have 12 days to turn around a show. Wow. Yeah. That's like true Marvel, like quick, quick turnaround every time. Do it, do it on budget. You got it. You got it. It's, it's about time. It's about money. And it's about getting it done on, uh, you know, under budget is usually what they love. Um, not totally under budget, but, you know, right around that, that, that prime spot there. Um, but, yeah, that, that's essentially my job. I have to make sure it gets done on time and on budget. Do you, is there a scene that you sort of loved working on either in season one or season two or maybe something that's happening in season three? Hmm. Um, to go back a little, season two, um, one of my favorite sequences we did was the mid-season finale, episode 210, where um, Sky um, is the birth of a superhero. Um, we shot that high speed, and it's just a beautiful sequence when, she, when everyone realizes that she is Quake. You don't realize it right away, but it's most of the Marvel fans will know, will know who she is when she's born. So that that's a moment that really sticks in my mind because we worked closely with the director, the EPs, the actress, and it just, it just came out really beautiful. Um, as far as this season so far, there's been many exciting things. We have a new plane. Um, sadly, our, our bus um, went away in episode 219 last year um, in a ploy to help help the team. They They blew her up. It was a sad but proud moment all at the same time. Um, this season we have a brand new plane. It's the Zephyr. Um, it's beautiful. Um, I'd have to say one of the most fun episodes, which um, will air later this later in November, I believe, is episode five. 
Well, everyone will hopefully, it, depending on when we air this, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully people have tuned in mm-hmm. Tuesdays at ABC. I, I want to talk a little bit about how you got into, you know, this 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 direction. There's so many different roles and jobs that, that exist within film and TV. Sure. What made you want to do this? James Cameron. I saw the movie The Abyss when I was much younger, and I said, I want to do that. That is extremely cool. Because many movies, you look at the visual effects, and technology advances in anything from your iPhone to your computer. Uh, Technology, it just changes. Um, With this show, if you look at The Abyss, it holds up. It's one of those few you look at it like Jurassic Park, like The Abyss, and you know what? Those effects still look pretty good. I buy, I buy what's in that movie. There's some you know you look at from 15 years ago. You're like, mm, it doesn't look as good, but for the time it was great, and that's what really excited me to be able to be a part of that process to make something that isn't there there and to help tell the story, to help enhance that story. And that's one of the beauties about working for, for Marvel and this show. It's about superheroes. It's about regular people being heroes. And, and to help them accomplish that and to only enhance their performance. Um, we have some beautiful stuff going on with Blair Underwood. We're, we're, we're working with him closely. We did motion capture for him. Um, and we're just only enhancing his performance. And that, that's what it's really about is being a part of that process. So, you know, when you decided you, you, you're James Cameron, which who I also uh, love, uh, love all his work. Uh, but so you were like, I, okay, I want to do this. So, you know, how did you sort of, did you go to school for it? Did you, is there like sure. a... I did. I, I initially went to school, uh, San Francisco State. Um, I have a degree in radio and television. I wanted to get the nuts and bolts of production first. Um, and just go and learn. What, what do you do with the camera? How do you set up shots? Um, how do you put together a movie? How do you put together a piece? And I got all those nuts and bolts through that school. It's a fantastic program uh, called Radio and Television, the Becca program. I graduated from there. I moved to Los Angeles and just started working in the industry. I worked at a company called Zoke Studios for a while. Um, and I, I have a funny, you know, typical Hollywood uh, story there. I started as an intern, and in two years I was producing at that. So I worked really hard. Um, I worked on a CSI Miami and CSI Crime Scene Investigation for the first few shows that I produced. Loved working there. Loved working on those shows. Um, CSI Crime Scene Investigation just finished this last year. The show was on for 15 seasons. It was a good show to, to start on and to learn visual effects on. And then just expanding my, my knowledge from there. I, I will say, as a CSI fan, that the one thing I always noticed when I watched them was the colors were so different in each mm-hmm. version, mm-hmm. and that I think that was when I sort of started. I, I'm a photographer okay. by first, first more than trade, so video and audio, which is ironic because I edit this podcast now, is not my forte. <laughs> I like don't understand it, and I'm always sort of amazed when I watch people put together this because for, photography is you just take a still, and there might be a lot into that one still. But it comes down to that one photo. Mm-hmm. While, like, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is a 50-minute or whatever episode. Mm-hmm. And it's so many different shots and all these things. And it's it's very fascinating. There's so many different things that you do. And, and so coloring, that was, mm-hmm. like, the first time I really started to notice the way that you... The way that, you know, people would use different colors to show different elements and different things in... in which you do in photography, but in such a bri- broader range in TV. That, that's very true. If, even if you look at the Marvel world, I mean, CSI is a really good example of that. Miami had oranges and reds. Um, CSI Crime Scene Investi- Investigation had blues and greens. Um, just like this show, we live a lot in blues and whites um, in the show, and of course red for Hydra. Um, y- you see a tone for a show, and it helps set the world. 
and is absolutely um, a vehicle that is used by by productions um, to help set that tone and bring you into that world. Because if, if you look at Agent Carter, it's got a different color schematic than we do. Uh, same with Daredevil. It has a different color. Darker show, maybe, because it's mostly at night, different thing. And we're a day show. Um, yeah, absolutely, they use that. That's so great. Do you have any sort of advice for those out there who maybe want to get started in this world? Uh, diversify yourself. Um, knowledge is power. Um, go to school for something that interests you. Uh, but but take internships where you can get them. Take that that PA job that you may not think you know will lead to something, even if it's a job as an assistant. Sometimes um, I heard a story actually around this time last year. Um, Victoria Alonso, uh, executive producer at Marvel, told this story, and um, and and I look up to her. She's a, a very um, powerful, courageous, beautiful woman in, in this industry, and she told a story about how she began in this business. And she was just a production assistant. Had finished her, her job, and they gave her a call to help out on another project for a day because someone had broken their leg. And they needed help until this person healed. Well, that led her to her next job, and look where she is now. If she hadn't have done that job, she wouldn't be where she is now. She wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. So always look at it as, a, as an opportunity to learn from people and to learn new things. Exactly. I mean, I, I, when I was sitting and watching filming today, I was like just sort of watching what everyone was doing and watching like, you know, just like the, the air conditioning going off when they went to go film. I mean, just all these little things. It's very interesting and fascinating. And, and we always we always tell everyone on the podcast, you know, like it, it doesn't hurt to, to try new things and to, to go outside your your comfort zone and. Definitely. So uh, that was all my questions. I don't know if you wanted to add anything else for our listeners at home. Um, tune in to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tuesdays at 9 p.m. You're not going to be disappointed. This is an exciting year coming up. Yay. Do you have a Twitter or anything like that that people can follow you? Crazy VFX uh, at Twitter. Yay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Pleasure. you guys, yay! Uh, if you have any questions for those for for anyone on the podcast, you can always email us at womanof at marvel dot com, or you can tweet at her. Uh, we will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. A huge thanks to the fabulous women of S.H.I.E.L.D. for joining us. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns March 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. As always, if you have questions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel hashtag womanofmarvel. Make sure you save the date for the first Women of Marvel panel at C2E2 in Chicago on Saturday, March 19th. Hopefully, we'll see you guys there. Tune in next week for a full Woman of Marvel crew as we chat all new, all different. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.